You're listening to Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering. You probably know that it's dry January, and that's the month when many who drink either cut back on alcohol or they skip drinking entirely. But did you know that in general, people under 35 are drinking significantly less than the older generations, to the tune of less, 10% less, according to Gallup polls. And it is getting easier to do so with variety and taste as the alcohol industry responds. And that's where we are today. Dre Drinks is a local bottle shop in the South End that opened two months ago. Every beer can, wine bottle, spirit there is non-alcoholic. And Pat Dooling, owner of Dre Drinks, is here in Studio 2. Welcome. Hi. Good to be here. Great to have you here. Um, We are looking forward to talking about this, trying some things today. Um, I want to start with Dre Drinks, because I might have expected it to be called Dry Drinks. So tell us about the business name. Yeah, well, it's it's good branding because it does sound like dry, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah so Dre's actually, the name is uh, signifies a wagon. Uh, Dre's an old-time wagon used to transport and deliver alcohol. So like beer barrels, where I grew up in St. Louis, the Anheuser-Busch Clydesdales, the famous horses dragging the beer barrels along. And we're flipping that on its head uh, to utilize the meaning of being on the wagon. Uh, so it. it's, it's that's our branding. We got the half wagon wheel as our logo. And you yeah. y- yourself quit drinking a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, a little over two years ago. Yeah. Yep. Tell me about that. Yeah. So for me, so I'm a totally sober guy. Uh, it's been a wonderful, profound choice in my life. Uh, I put it right up there with you know meeting my wife and having my two kids as as an important life choice. You only have a few of those in life. Uh, and so uh, when I made that choice, um, because it was so great for me, I started to look around for opportunities to expand, um, you know, sharing that uh, with others. And, and that's really the sort of birth of Dre was actually in my own sort of personal journey in sobriety. Um, one of the things that we have talked about over time here on the show is there are people who don't drink. Um, there are people who drink and want to drink less. And there are people in recovery. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that's interesting about a business like Dre Drinks and what you are doing, which is not only providing non-alcoholic options, but providing, uh, I'm assuming, options that would be attractive to drinkers to convert to non-alcoholic, is to create a space where all those folks can come together and enjoy time together. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, ultimately... If you look back, historically, it feels like there's uh, a really black and white choice people have made. It's sobriety and recovery, and, and this, you, you, just, you go to meetings, and, and maybe you hide it. Um, there's often shame associated with things like that. And then there's people who drink, and there's not much in between. And I think what the world's moving to and, and what we're helping with is more of a spectrum um, where people make choices for uh, either a period of time, um, for whatever reason, and and want options. And they want to be social. They want to be included in things, nice dinners, bars. Uh, they don't want to hide, uh, you know. And, and, and I think historically the options just have not been there for them. It's been, you know, fruit juice cocktails and, you know, Diet Cokes, and, and not that there's anything wrong with all that, but uh, people want uh, true adult beverages just without the alcohol. So we, we really do have something for everybody along that spectrum. And I know in just a minute, and again, we're speaking with Pat Dooling, owner of Dre Drinks, opened a couple of months ago in the South End, and every bottle and can in the place is a non-alcoholic option. In a minute, I, I know you brought something, we're going to make it together. I am mindful that a business, especially a brick-and-mortar business, has to grow. Uh, you've only been open a couple of months what uh, what have you seen in the trend that gives you confidence that you're going to be able to attract more and more customers over time 
given how expensive it is for inventory and to run a business in Boston. I mean, there's a piece of me that worries for you already, and you're only a couple months old. Yeah, don't don't be worried. We're doing fine. So uh, I think, honestly, from day one, I, I think people were surprised, frankly, when I came up with the concept, when I started launching the concept. I had a lot of skeptical landlords who didn't want to rent me retail space to do something like this. Um, but I think people are already seeing the evidence. It's it's there. Uh, we're doing incredibly well. We've grown tremendously, but we had great business day one. The demand's there. I think, you know, you mentioned the trends amongst younger people who, um, you know, it might be 10 to 20% less drinking. Uh, so I think the, the, the trends may even be more profound in terms of the choices they're making. And, and those generations are just rippling through and I think making much more mindful choices. But there's there's a broad swath of people who are coming back to the you know, the question of con- consumption, um, some some people for the first time, you know, when they hear the health data that's out now that's just being related in a much more honest way, or, you know, from our end, if they're seeing that there actually are high quality alternatives that could replace uh, a lot of what they get um, just without just out, without the negative, without the poison in it. Yeah. And again, that Gallup poll research showing not only are people under 35 drinking a fewer by 10 percent drinking at all, but they're also reporting drinking less frequently when they do drink. All right. So you brought us a, like a, a real cocktail to make today, a non-alcoholic cocktail. What did you bring? Yeah, sure. We, we can do anything, uh, you know, so anything you're looking to replace, uh, whether it's beer, wine, spirits, ready to drink cocktails. Cocktailing is a super fun thing to do in this space because it, it brings that interesting aspect. It brings that fun social vibe. It's creative. It's creative. The flavors are impactful when you taste it. You'll, it's not just sweet juices. It's it's a complex adult beverage. Uh, so we thought we'd make a version of the French 75, which is a, a classic champagne cocktail. And uh, it, it showcases some great non-alcoholic spirits. So some wonderful non-alcoholic gins we have, uh, even some bitters, non-alcoholic bitters. People often don't realize that bitters have a lot of alcohol in it. I did not realize. Yeah, bitters most bitters are like 40, 50, 60% alcohol. I didn't and so we carry uh, full lines of bitters that have 0% alcohol in there for people who are mindful of that. All right. And so do so you want to build it and walk us yeah, through it as you build it? Let's do that. So um, just starting off, we're going to, this is a partially shaken cocktail. Okay. So we're going to add a little bit of ice to our shaker. You've got you've got three good handfuls of cold, cold few good, ice few there. Good handfuls of ice, as much as you a, want. Stainless steel shaker here. Stainless steel shaker. To that, we're going to add a few different things. So we're going to start with our base spirit, uh, which is a gin. This okay. happens to be the uh, Dios gin. Okay. Huge juniper flavors. It's it's you, you might be even able to smell it from over here across the table. I can. Does it it's, really it, taste like gin? It does. Yeah, it has... You know, it's not going to have that astringency and burn of, of like a true spirit, but what it has is all that tremendous background flavor that's distilled yeah. much the same way that they would make uh, traditional gin. I will say it smells like gin from Yeah, here. so we're going to add in good measure of that in that the cup. Like two ounces? Yeah, that's about, I, that, that one was a little short, so I'm going to give it one more. So this is okay. about one and a half to two ounces there. Okay. We can pour that on in. Um, next up, we're just going to sweeten that a hint with some simple syrup. So using some traditional cocktail ingredients, simple syrup, maybe about a half a, an ounce. a sugar syrup, and a you can make syrup. it at home or you can buy it. You can, we have it for you. It's already non-alcoholic, but you can make it at home as well. Yeah. We're going to add a couple of shakes of our bitters. This is a non-alcoholic bitters. Okay. Um, not always in the French 75, but I think it perks up kind of that sort of background bitter flavor. So we're going to give it a couple shakes in there like that. Okay. And the last ingredients on the shaken side of things is going to be some lemon juice. And I'm not going to be overly careful, but we're going to call it about half a lemon, maybe a a, a, yeah, maybe about sort of a half ounce roughly of lemon juice on in there. So this is Pat Dooling, who is the owner of Dre Drinks, making us a non-alcoholic French 75 here in Studio 2 right now. 
All right. So at that stage, we're just going to shake it, and I'm going to try to not get this all over the place, hopefully. There you go. We've got a good um, seal on that shaker. I, I am not a mixologist by trade, but I have learned a lot uh, right. in, in my time doing. So we're going to shake that really good, mm-hmm. and then we're going to, you know, traditionally we would strain this. Um, we're going to just pour this out really carefully to get some of that strained liquid in the cup. All right. You get can most hear of that it. You there. Can hear the glug, 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 and it is a traditional, as I mentioned, it's a traditional champagne cocktail. So okay. we're going to use a sparkling white. Okay. This is the Sovi brand sparkling white. It's from Napa Valley. And this is this is a great story of, of uh, some winemakers in Napa who were in the wine business forever, uh, husband and wife, who then decided they didn't want to consume as much and took all the same technology they use in great winemaking in Napa and all the same grapes, and now just make non-alcoholic versions of that wine. How do they achieve a difference between a sparkling grape juice and yeah. a real non-alcoholic sparkling wine? Yeah, so they make the wine. Is The, the main thing is the w- wines like this are true de-alcoholized wines. So they're making the same exact sparkling wine, and all they're doing differently at the end is running it through a de-alkalization process. So they pull the alcohol out. Exactly. So you've made the same thing. You remove the alcohol. Now, that affects the, the taste differently in different wines. So they might add back some concentrates or what have you to bring back body to it. But actually, in sparkling in particular, it disrupts it the least. Mm-hmm. And so we carry a ton of tremendously good sparkling wines. It's often a good point for people to kind of convert and realize that wine can be made in such a high-quality way, non-alcoholic. So we're going to add to that basically a few ounces of our sparkling wine to top it off. This is a nice, nice big drink. You don't have to take this whole thing. Yeah. And give it a last little stir just to finish it off. And normally, of course, this would be in a, a champagne flute of right. some kind. We're going to serve it right in this, this glass here. In our but Pilsner glass yeah, here, Yeah, exactly. Fine. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pour off a little sample so you can give it a try there. Great. So this is the French 47. 75. Non- 75, sorry. That's all right. I don't know where I got 47. <laughs> French 75, non-alcoholic. So while I drink this, where'd the recipe come from? Yeah, the French 75 is a truly traditional cocktail. It's been around forever. Um, a very potent cocktail in alcohol form because it's got, you know, it has not only the wine, it also has a spirit in it. Yep. And it's just a classic one. It has that complexity of flavor. It's got, it has some sweet, but it has some bitter and it has some acidity. Uh, and so we just think it's a great example for people to get a refreshing cocktail um, in non-alcoholic form. And, and, and again, we have different sparkling wines, different gins, different bitters. People can kind of play around with it and find one that suits them. I have to tell you, my first reaction is that it tastes like a champagne cocktail. That's what it tastes like, right? Like my first reaction was, ooh, I better only take a couple of sips of this because it tastes like a champagne cocktail. Yeah, it's and fantastic. Completely, yeah. And you can taste the bitters in it. You can taste the lemon. I can smell the juniper in the gin uh, and that sparkling wine. You would, I mean, if you didn't tell me, I would just think you had handed me a champagne cocktail. Yeah, a lot of people are fooled. And, and honestly, it's, you know, we're just combining things that are the result of some great artisan work uh, to create these these, these spirits and and. These types of th- products have gotten better every single year. I mean, even five, ten years ago, you didn't have this level of quality Why? and it keeps getting better. How? How is it getting better? This is a big question, right? Is it because the technology has changed or because it takes time and now there's enough interest that you can afford to take the time? Because, you know, I remember the old days of, for example, non-alcoholic beer, right? And that is not where we are now. Yeah, we won't name names of the early ones, no, but no. yes. No, but so, yeah. Pat Dooling, how, how did we get here? Yeah, I think the way we got here is, is I always think of it as sort of a chicken and egg problem traditionally is that, you know, is the demand there? And and I think the demand side, as we talked about, is is percolating up with younger generations drinking less, with older people making the switch. And so producers are looking at it saying, gosh, you know, that demand's starting to grow. I'm willing to invest more. And at the same time, 
that sort of product side is growing. The technology is getting better. More people are spending time on it. There's just more focus in the industry on creating great examples. And so it's kind of both sides, you know, supply and demand coming up at the same time. And I think the last part of it is just with the honesty around the health information, the impacts, people are looking at this as, you know, a choice of where should we invest our dollars to help the sort of broader health issues in society, quite honestly. And people are, are actually saying, you know, if people drink less, that's a good thing. So and this attracts wellness investment. It attracts too. wellness investment as well. Um, and so I think I think it's a whole combination of those factors, but it's both those sides of the supply and demand keep racing towards each other in a way that right now there's it's made a great business for us. And, and I think we only have great years to come in terms of both sides of those continue to grow. You brought a couple other items that you'd like to tell us. Yeah, about. I mean, it's it's we have great stuff across the space. I mean, I think we mentioned beer and um, there are great. What's what's awesome about beer? You talked about the early days of non-alcoholic beer not being so great. Often those were made by traditional alcoholic beer brewers who just felt like they needed to create an afterthought of a product. Today you've got great products. Like for example, this is from a brewery called Woodland Farms up in Kittery, Maine. It's one of our favorites, and it's a dedicated non-alcoholic craft That's brewer. Make. That's all they make. And same story like the sparkling wine. This is. One where people had been, they were brewmakers who had been drinking, uh, decided to consume less themselves, yep. decided to take their craft and poured it over to non-alcoholic and just make great examples. This is a white, I'll, uh, I don't know if I have another glass for you, but I you can take a, so take a sip, sip of that. Right of take can, a sip baby. out of that. You, 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 can, you can take a sip there and, and you just get a sense of yeah. when you taste that, even yeah. the smell of it, you get that quality right away. And, and so what's neat about that is it allows anyone to come to this and find a style that matches exactly what they're looking for. So if you're looking for a white beer, a dark beer, an IPA, not just an IPA, a West Coast IPA, a juicy IPA, you can find that quality of style in, in everything. And it just makes it so much more approachable. And we have other things that, you know, it, there's a whole other category of things in the non-alcoholic space we call functional drinks, which is, uh, you know, we could talk about a little bit, but there are some beverages that aren't just flavor. They, they have things like adaptogens, nootropics, various things that might give you relaxation, stimulation, those types of effects. And, and this is one of the things that's attracting people as well. Like a Red Bull would be to the yeah, energy Yeah, so this is, this is a spirit called Aplos mm -hmm. Calm, which actually mm -hmm. has a number of ingredients that are intended to kind of calm you down a bit. Got it. In a way that's non-psychoactive and non-harmful like alcohol. Mm. Yep, and it almost tastes like a, like a tea that I might drink or something yeah, like that. Yeah, super interesting flavor. So a whole other category that's attracting people as well. But that is possible in this industry that might not be otherwise. Absolutely. All right, so Pat Dooling is owner of Dre Drinks, uh, entirely non-alcoholic products in bottles and cans um, in the South End. Pat, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Love to see everybody there.